0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 28 of Layout. Today we are going to talk about Design Disruptors, the new documentary from Envision. We also talk about Duo, the new app from Google, and this awesome article called The Art of the Builder. This show is sponsored by MobX. So let's get to the show. Okay, before we start the show today, we do have a very, very special announcement. <laughs> should we have a drum roll? We should have a drum roll. <laughs> I'll ask our imaginary editor, Stephen, can you add it for dramatic purposes? Add a drum roll. Cool. <laughs> we are joining the Spec Network. So if you don't know what the Spec Network is, just go to spec.fm. But basically, it's a network of podcasts and some other resources for designers and developers
1: so we're a huge fan of what Bryn and sarah have built with spec with like really great shows like design details immutable runtime uh and tons more so we're super happy to be part of of that team
0: yeah and uh, what does this mean for you as a listener like if you were already a listener of layout well first thank you so much um but what does this mean for you well first we are going to have a dedicated channel on the spec network Slack team. Um, if you're not into that, just go to spec.fm and you can get in this awesome Slack team. Uh, even before we were joining, I was already there. It's a great Slack yeah, team too. for designers and developers alike. Yeah. So we're going to have like a dedicated channel over there in where Kevin and I will be hanging out there. Uh, so if you have like uh, some thoughts, if you have some comments on, on our show, some episode I listen to, or if you'd like to propose topics or things for us to talk about, that is the best place now for you to do that.
1: Yeah, and as a listener, you don't have to res- subscribe to anything. Your f- feed will stay the same. Uh, and the show is not changing either. Uh, we're really just joining this awesome new network.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, we should <laughs> make that clear. The show is not changing in any way. So if you're already a listener, the show is going to keep being what it is and hopefully improving. <laughs> so... Um, Thank you to Bryn, to Sarah, Brian, and all of the Spec family for asking us and inviting us to join. We were already huge fans of the work that you guys have been doing, so uh, I think I can speak for you, Kevin. We're pretty stoked to be part of this new family. Yeah, really
1: excited. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, all right, that's it for the announcement. Uh, We should start with our regular programming.
1: Yeah. So, tell us what you got wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> before we get into the topics, we do have some follow up more than usually today. Um, two shows ago, episode twenty six, um, we we were talking about Framer, the new iOS app that they just launched, and we said that I've been Sherlock, and then we try to quickly explain what the, what does that mean, and apparently we got the story wrong. <laughs> so I thought that uh, Sherlock was an app. For the mac kind of like spotlight and then apple introduced spotlight like killing sherlock apparently that timeline we got it wrong so uh, listener trevor k uh made sure made sure that we knew about this and thank you so much he reached out on twitter and got the thing straight so uh, there was an app called watson on the mac which Apple ripped off and basically launched a, a clone in that app. That Apple app was called Sherlock. Later, then rebranded, uh, which now is Spotlight. Yeah. So, so the Sherlock part came from Apple. Sherlock was an Apple thing. So, just getting that straight uh, <laughs> into the record. So again, <laughs> thanks for uh, listener Trevor. That's why, for, why
1: we like our listeners. They keep us in check. Make sure we get things right.
0: Yep. Uh, another piece of feedback. Uh, this is a quick one. On episode 25, so this is like a late follow up, but still relevant. On episode 25, we, we were um, discussing, me and Kevin we were talking about uh, slowing down animations and slowing down your design on purpose. And we had a, a great discussion surrounding that. And basically, we were on two different uh, sides of this discussion. I was rooting for slowing down your animation in order to give the right experience, like for the story, for the experience. While uh, Kevin, I don't want to talk for you, but you were more like, no, we should never let users wait for an animation to to end, right?
1: Humans should never wait for computers; should make them as fast as possible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So we kind of, on Twitter, we asked for listeners to just uh, chime in and let us know what, which side do they lean on? And listener Grayson, Grayson Stebbins, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) he's in the happy middle. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I think that's safe to say. Um, So I'm just going to read really fast his opinion on this. Uh, He said, like, regarding being too fast, I think it's somewhere in the middle. What making it slower does is create a narrative. That meets the current average user expectations for how long something should take. No reason you couldn't make it super fast. And then in confirmation, like explain exactly what happened and why it happened so fast. So he's on hashtag team Rafa and hashtag team Kevin. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a bit, that's cheating. But uh, yeah, he's, he's in the happy middle ground. And, we'll let it slide yeah, That now. was a fun discussion. If you're a new listener you haven't listened back, uh, we're going to put links in the show notes. But basically episode 25, that's where we... We have a cool discussion regarding this topic.
1: Yeah. Um, and we have a third item in the follow-up, uh, which this time is from Alberto, um, which uh, gave us some recommendations for other amazing show intros to check out. So the first one is Netflix Daredevil, and the second one is Star's Black Sails. Um, so those are some of his favorite intros, and I checked him out, and they are really cool. Um, so
0: yeah, I haven't checked out, um, black sales one, but daredevil devil. That's one of my favorite shows. On yeah.
1: And fun fact, um, looking at his, uh, Twitter bio, he's the head of uh, UI UX at HBO Latin America. Uh, <laughs> so if there's anyone you should trust about TV show intros, uh, it's, it's Alberto. So
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. The I, feedback. Haven't, I haven't thought about that. Uh,
1: that's, Oh, and cool. so last thing, uh, I added in the show notes. Uh, my friend Carson sent me that link, and basically uh, Vox created a video uh, that shows uh, a little bit the behind the scenes behind the Stranger Things title sequence and kind of what the process was in making it and stuff like that. Um, so it's really, really cool, and I think you should check it out if you're interested. It's
0: a pretty cool video. Okay, that's it for follow-up. Well, that was fast. Yeah. Um, blazing through all right topics for this week design disruptors this new documentary on designers and mm-hmm. design uh made by envision which they are a very famous uh movie studios <laughs> no i mean they they have this um i think they do this uh, prototyping tool no i mean like they do everything right so they now created this uh, documentary so we've seen it and we have some opinions on it. So let's talk about design disruptors. Um, First, what is design disruptors? It's again, I'm repeating myself. It's this documentary. (laughs) um, It's on like how design disrupts the world, this design industry, how it changes things and how important it is. And if you haven't seen it, that's normal. Um, we can't link it in the show notes because this is actually an interesting part of it. The way they're launching it, like their launch strategy, is interesting. Uh, instead of you know just creating a documentary and then either selling it or putting it on YouTube or Vimeo or something, um, the way they're launching this is they they held a couple of like private screenings at movie theaters. Um, I know they. I think the first one was in San Francisco. They also did one in in New York, and then around the world, and one in London. I the think.
1: Canadian premiere was in Montreal, so that was oh, nice. really? Yeah.
0: How exclusive. Yeah. And, and yeah, and they they're also uh, showing some screenings at. Uh, I've seen a couple at some companies' offices, mm-hmm. uh, some events. Like I know there's there's this conference here in Portugal, the Mirconf. Uh, I know they're going to have a screening there. So again it's not like it's not public you just can't go to a website and watch it so you have to be on the lookout for these screenings if you want to see it but before you do maybe hear what we have to say
1: (laughs) i i do like that that launch strategy though i think i think it makes it feel more exclusive and more uh, it's like a thing right like you're gonna go watch the design disruptors documentary Uh, rather than just being a video on youtube i think it it gives the movie a lot more impact um and it it just like is more exclusive they made those like metal tickets they get they're like super fancy um so yeah i for me it's a it's a thumbs up like it's the, I guess the downside of this is that not everyone has access um, to that to be able to see those those screenings. Yeah. Um, but I guess like they're they're probably going to release it at some point, right? Like,
0: yeah, I think it's safe it's to say that they will eventually make it public yeah. in the internet. Um, and not only that, not only making it more you know feel more exclusive and all, and it also gives them like more press coverage and more like keep the buzz alive. Every once in a while, I see a tweet about this, uh, you know, if it was just a one-time thing, okay, now it's available. They would have like a day, a week worth of <laughs> of buzz, you know, social media buzz mm-hmm. and stuff, and then it would die down. So this is a way for them to prolong it. And InVision, I've said this before, Envision for me is one of the companies, it's not the most interesting, but one of the most successful marketing strategies. They're everywhere. And they're like, uh, again, I mentioned this, the way I, I got to new Envision just a couple of years back uh, it was because of all their design articles, which were not like related to Envision. It's not like talking about their product. It was just like overall design articles posted in the Envision blog. Yeah. And that's,
1: I mean, like, even the whole Clark from Envision thing, right? Like,
0: yeah, the newsletter, exactly.
1: It's just like really smart marketing. Um, but they also have a really great product. Um, so I think when you yeah, couple yeah. No, the no, two together. Do. Um, that's where like you have a lot of success, because if you're just marketing yeah, something yeah, that's crap, yeah. then people aren't going to use it anyways. So kudos to them. Um, so yeah, I guess um, we should start by talking about the overall like visual style and cinematography. Um, hmm. For me, when I like when the movie starts. Um, I was, I was really surprised, I I don't know what I was expecting really, but like from the very beginning, what like this was telling me was, okay, there are really high production values in this, in this movie, like this isn't just like an amateur, like we're just gonna like hack a movie together, I was like, no, this is like really professionally made, it's like, as good or better than any other documentaries that you'd see elsewhere?
0: Um,
1: No? (laughs) didn't get that feeling?
0: Well, from the first impression, sure. Like, yeah, it does... It it looks like... It looks professional. It looks like a lot of care and work was put into it. But, like, in the end, that was not the feeling I got. I can tell you why. Well, in, in just a cinematographic... Is that a word? Cinematographic, cinematography. Two, whatever. Level. <laughs> Cinema level, whatever. Um, like, they've reused at least two shots. Like, and that's a no-no. I'm sure they have hours of extra footage that didn't make the cut. And they've reused shots. And I was like, no, don't do that. So a couple like, these mistakes. Uh, and it was very... Again, this is just me. Maybe I'm being... Hypercritical, but um uh like I think, I think it was very cliche in a way that was shot and all. Like, if you've seen the that trilogy of documentaries, the Helvetica documentary and the uh, Objectified and Urbanized, you know they're trying to go for that feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, I could swear while I was watching it, I could swear the soundtrack was by L Ten Eleven, which is a band that they made um, the soundtrack for for those documentaries I just mentioned. And in the end, I was, like, looking at the credits and just looking for L-1011, and no, (laughs) it wasn't there. So it's not L-1011, even though I could swear, like, it's, it's the exact same style. So, like, it is... It looks professional, it looks well-made, but it's, like, behind this first layer of, like, first impressions, I think it, there was a lot of amateurism there. But it's not, like, it's not, like, a showstopper, because they are amateur.
1: I think you maybe have a better eye for those things than most people, because, like, you're making a vlog, right? And you're you really looking for those things. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, I really didn't notice that as much. Um, but like what it did give me is that that sense of okay like this is a professional thing and it kind of like made me judge it as such
0: okay. like that's fair enough
1: like from the beginning m- made me feel like okay they really want this thing like a documentary that you'd see on netflix right like <laughs> this was i i feel like this is what they were aiming for um and to me in the story m- it maybe didn't really reflect that as much um so first like one of the one of my points that like I was in was not a huge fan of was that like you know the the title of the movie is design disruptors and to me like if you had to like divide up the portion of the movie that was about design and the portion of the movie that was about disruption I feel like a lot of the movie was was spent talking about disruption, and less so design. Um, and to me, that's to its detriment. Like I almost, I, it might be interesting for like people in Silicon Valley to hear about disruption over and over again, um, but for me, I was expecting something that was a bit more design focused and less like centered around Silicon Valley startups. I
0: think she was saying, and it's not just like a balance between design and disruption. It was like, what are they talking about in general? Um, Yeah,
1: so we get into like, this is a documentary, right? But like a lot of documentaries, what they do is you always have like that main storyline that you're following. So you have like kind of- There's a narrative. In air quotes, like your main characters um, that you're seeing from like the beginning, middle, and end. And you basically have their arc. And then mixed in with that, you have the interviews with other people in the industry. And in that case, we just had the interviews. And I like I feel like what this tells us is that like a series of interviews doesn't make a compelling story, right? Like it's mm-hmm it doesn't grab us in any way it doesn't give us anything to hold on to and kind of characters to root for because even if it's a documentary like it's really about kind of tell a story of what is it like to be a designer um, in a startup really Uh, but because it was like so focused on these series of interviews I felt like we it was going in a thousand different directions and didn't have like that one uh like connecting thought throughout the beginning the middle and end of of the movie
0: yeah there was no narrative there was no goal there was no story to tell and i think that's really its biggest failure is right there it's not a compelling story because there is none there is no narrative there's no goal there's no message that they're trying to convey at least if there was i didn't see it um, and like I said, there, there are no main characters. There are no one, two or three, uh, you know, people that we are following. Even they have like the most screen time. Yeah. Then. It's like a bunch of famous people in the industry. Um, and like, those are the characters, I guess. And, you know, people like, uh, Mike Davidson from Twitter and Tobias van Schneider and Julius zu and, and even the, the companies itself, like uh Lyft and Airbnb and Facebook, those are like the characters, but, it's just like it's just like a roster of look at all the famous names that we can yeah put in this checklist. you know they weren't pushing for anything, and it didn't seem
1: to bring story-wise. anything new, like also like most of the things people were saying in that documentary were things that have w- been well documented on in medium articles in talks and stuff like that, like it just felt maybe like. A bit too much rehashing there. Um,
0: uh-huh. Well, I would I would say there there was one exception, which was Julie Zhu's uh, remarks. Like, <laughs> she she's incredible. I I don't think she can do no. Wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think yeah, even awesome. in this whole mess, she like she rose from the ashes. And you know th- that that <laughs> little bit about when she started at Facebook, she was designing for herself. She was the average user, and then as a you know, as a, the user base grew and grew more and more for people all over the country, she couldn't relate. Like, she was not the average user anymore. Like, that. Mm-hmm. Very, I, this was, like, five minutes screen time or something. Like, there was, like, yes, that was pretty cool. But, again, it's Chilizu, she can't, you know, she can't <laughs> know. But, so, that's the only exception I would throw in there. Like, I got something yeah, out of that. Yeah,
1: I mean, a lot of things that I found was you'd have someone make a statement And then it would just move on to something else. Like, for example, there's um, there's someone who says, "Oh, like, for we're doing enterprise software. um, So for us, it's actually a bit different than in other startups. Like, updating a screen can cost millions. And then they just move on and just like skip to the next person. (laughs) And I guess like here they were trying to like do a tie-in with uh, the Facebook example." they talk about how um, the one they introduced a news feed, people hated it and like thought it was terrible, and now it's like just what people expect to, to be to be Facebook. But like, mm-hmm. like what does that tell us about like the first person who says updating our screens costs millions? Like how, how do you relate those things together? Like, what does that mean? How do you balance the fact that even though some people might not might oppose a change it might be the right change to make down down the line and how do you make sure that it doesn't cost your company millions like it's to me like it, it was just like missing some explanations um mm-hmm. there was also
0: yeah like like that sorry. that could be the beginning of a cool part like okay let's explore this problem this is Awesome. Even if you're not a designer, someone saying, if we update the screen, it costs us millions. Like, whoa. Yeah. What about that? How how, how are you going to solve exactly. that? Exactly. Like you're and getting into a really interesting topic, cool but you're like completely the...
1: leaving it aside and you're like moving on. So, I yeah. mean, I, I wonder if they just like really needed to hit like all these people. Oh, we need someone from Facebook. We need someone from uh, Lyft. We need someone from... That company, that company, that company, and they just, maybe they got too many people, and they had to fit them all in, um, and so that meant that they, maybe they had to cut a lot from the interviews, because I'm, like, I'm really not blaming, like, the people who are, like, generous enough to offer their stories for this, but I just, oh, no. I just yeah, feel I don't know. that the way uh, it's been represented is maybe not the accurate picture of like what the full interview was and they like take this like five minute part in an interview and that's it um to me it's it's really not doing justice to all these smart people that they got to talk talk about that are all solving really interesting problems um, but we didn't get to hear like the why behind like
0: the, the it felt like happens. it was a one hour long trailer
1: Basically, yeah.
0: Like you, you, you set it up. You you set the stage for a for a cool topic, for a cool idea, and then you don't follow it up.
1: Yeah. Another example was uh, someone from Netflix who said, like, "Oh, well, we actually have like really interesting problems at Netflix. Um, we have apps for iPads and iPhone, uh, but we also have apps for TV screens, which they they call like the ten foot experience." Um, and he says, "So that's, that changes us a lot. It's like a shared experience, uh, and it's a different way for people to experience Netflix." And I'm, they like stopped there and then kind of moved on again. but I'm like, "How so? Like how does it make Netflix different? Because honestly, like I, I'm a Netflix user. The app is basically the same for me, at least, um, on on Apple TV and on iPad or iPhone. So, like, I'm actually curious to, mm-hmm. to to hear what he meant by that, right? But we really, like, did not get to see that. It just moved on. Moved on. Um, so, again, like, another interesting yeah. topic that they just ignored.
0: There were a lot of times, not just that that we just mentioned, uh, you know, setting up something and then moving on. But there was also the other side of the coin, which was, is this Silicon Valley mumbo jumbo buzzword buzzword thing? that drives me nuts <laughs> a lot of times like someone they say something which sounds really deep and profound yeah. and 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 amazing and so important but in the end i'm like what the hell does that mean <laughs> like what are you saying it's like you
1: keep saying those words but throwing
0: buzzwords
1: these things don't mean yeah. <laughs> anything
0: disruption design the experience user something I was like what wait 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 <laughs> what did you just say like what do you mean um and again, just moves on. Yeah. Like <laughs> and that's it. Um and this made me think, like, after the the movie was done, I started thinking like, who is this movie for? Yeah. Like, is this for non designers, non tech people, like to get to know the industry and the craft and the profession? I would say no. Like I I, feel, I don't think that that's what that
1: they their goal was. But it no. ended up not really being a movie for designers, I don't
0: think. It's, it's definitely not a movie for designers. Like, I didn't learn anything. Yeah. It was not, you know, it's not a movie. Wait, wait. Okay. Actually, no. I, I don't think it's a movie. It's a movie for designers, but just for their ego.
1: I mean, whoa, wait. Like wait I, okay. <laughs> okay. I think I got it. It's a movie for the people that are in the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's to celebrate these people uh, and, like, kind of highlight their work. But as someone who would be watching that, I don't get anything out of it, really. And I mean, like, I'm not saying this because I like, like, to be bitter that oh, like, I should be in the movie. Like, no, like, that's totally fine. Like, I, like, I want to learn from all these people, and that's great. But I just don't think that they allowed them to give any h- insight into like actual problems that they're, they were solving.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's not offering value for people in the industry. It's not offering value for people outside of the industry. Cause it's, it's kind of like a, this close uh, closed circle thing where like, look how good we mm-hmm. are and how important our work is. Uh, like if my mom watched this, she, she would be like, what, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, I know some of these apps. Um, so it's not for them. And again, us designers like I didn't get any value out of this and as you said like I think you hit the point this is like a celebration of ourselves like look how does how cool is design and how important it is and look at how we can change the world but just in Silicon Valley (laughs) it's like and just for photo sharing a celebration of ourselves (laughs) yeah it's it's a celebration of our profession this is just a job it's very important but so is most jobs to be honest Mm-hmm. So it, it felt like, um, who is this for? What are we trying to do here? So I think, it, which leads us to the question, why is why is Envision doing this? Why does this exist?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's a good question.
0: I, I would <laughs> say that this is a marketing move. Like, this is to promote their... It's a very expensive marketing <laughs> <laughs> move, but it's kind of to promote uh, their product in a way even though they don't talk about it they talk it after the credits that's when they talk about the envision as a product um which was cool like i think uh, I, I want i want to give that to them like they don't ever throughout the whole documentary they don't mention envision they don't mm. talk about that even though most of people who were featured in this in this movie they're like they're they're envision customers like twitter and netflix Like they're the ones on Envision's website. They they do have a close relationship with them. I mean,
1: I think it's a smart move from them because it's, it's, you don't need to be in people's faces because if, if you're in, in people's faces, then it just, everything sounds like an ad. So they want to try to present it Mm, as this like objective thing, uh, but subconsciously it associates all these great people that we all admire and respect to Envision, uh, which is a good thing for us, for yeah. them. Um, but, I I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd i like to think that it wasn't their only goal. Because I feel like y- you don't go through all this trouble just for a marketing stunt. Like, it seems like if you were to start a project like this, like, that, that would be a benefit, certainly. But that wouldn't be the main goal. So, I mean, like, a couple like, ideas there, like, would be promote design. Like, why why is that important? And kind of make sure that companies really value design is gonna be ultimately good for them, right, in the back. Uh, like, mm-hmm. if people value that process, they're likely to be looking for a tool where um, they can, people can give feedback and improve their design work. Uh, it's also a celebration, like we've said. Before and it's also kind of I don't know they they I I feel like they were hoping for something that would be impactful in the design community but maybe that didn't work out as well.
0: Well, we we'll see. I mean, this is still new, right? Uh, most people haven't seen it. I would say. So, but but yeah, in the end, in the end, it's a marketing move, right? <laughs> Either it was just by associating their brand and their name and vision to these new movies and this new medium and and thing Mm -hmm. being done in the design industry, design world, the community. Um, Like I said, they're also, if this could in any way promote design and designers and their importance in companies, they're just growing their market, like (laughs) where they can... I mean, I kind
1: of feel bad that I'm not super stoked about it because it's super cool that there are movies about us now right like there are people I I know in this in this movie like how incredible is that like that's that's really awesome um and I do think there are are interesting stories that you can tell for the general general public on like the power of design how is it like to design something like there are Tons and tons of cook- cooking shows, for crying out loud, like there could be similar things about design and tell people like, what, what's that process like and how do you make decisions and how, how's the, your apps that you use on your phone, how are they getting made? Like, that's an interesting thing. Um, or if you're aiming at more at designers, like what are these people in those big companies, what are the challenges they're facing and how do they solve them? That's like where like some interesting stories lie and having following one character would be like a great way to tell that story um, So I I hope that other companies or I don't know like movie studios or something like that look at this and say You know what like I think there's a story there. <laughs> this movie doesn't quite get it, but um, that we can do other movies about it. Because um, I, I think it, it's it's just cool. And it might bring more people to the industry, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think overall having, no, having movies about us is a good thing.
0: I went in, like, I wanted to love this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> for crying out loud, it's a documentary about design and designers. Like, it's about us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, for example, like, I, those documentaries that I mentioned Before the Helvetica trilogy, um, which is, that's inaccurate. The Helvetica is the first one, but it's a trilogy of three documentaries. I think Helvetica as a documentary is a way better design documentary than this one. Mm. By the way, if you haven't watched it, I strongly recommend it. I don't think it's on Netflix, but we'll find out and we'll put some links in the show notes. So do that instead. (laughs) Watch that. So yeah, I mean, Uh, I think it was like a missed opportunity. Um, there was some, there was some trouble, like some problems throughout the production of this. Um, if you remember like the, when the first trailer came out, I would say like more than a year ago, maybe they got some feedback, some backlash on Twitter because of their diversity problem. Basically every single (laughs) interviewee was a white dude. Um, I think
1: the final product was like, I didn't count. But roughly, it seemed okay, but yeah,
0: no, I think well, this is a very sensitive subject, but I think when you're see, when you're watching it, and if you don't feel that, like if you don't feel that unbalance, I think it's all right, right, but yeah, when every single one is a white dude, um yeah, something like it stands out like you shouldn't do that, so envision props to them they 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 took that that uh those critics to heart they went back um i think they were done with with shooting um so they went back and they reshot some interviews they added more and so the whole production um the development of this of this piece of work was like it was not a smooth ride let's say so maybe that i don't know maybe that influenced the Mm. the final product i don't know um but anyway, they try their best. I I believe And Yeah, I don't think it's a good documentary. And <laughs> but hey, if you have a chance to watch it, I think you should still watch it. Um, yeah, yeah, certainly. Maybe you you won't agree with us, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my that's my opinion. Yeah,
1: I I mean we didn't touch on that, but there is also an interesting question of: is it a right move to kind of put these people that are already sort of famous in the industry, uh, on like a higher level than other people, if you know what I mean. Like having these design superstars, basically. Like, is that something that we want or or not? Like, do you think it makes these people feel less accessible or more accessible?
0: I think they pick these these people just. Because they're the most famous and they're going to attract more viewers, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's the cynical way to
1: look at it, certainly.
0: Well, sorry, that's how I see it. Uh...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I wonder, like, are we going to see more and more people be in design, not because they're like really passionate about it, but because they saw movies with designers in them? Like, maybe that's the downside of us like gaining more traction I don't know
0: that's an interesting question I don't know I guess time will tell I uh, well you know what I I doubt that anyone who is not a designer will watch this to be that's honest, that's true
1: yeah I mean I just in closing words like I again I don't want to say like I applaud Envision for trying to do this and I mean it's a tech company like it's Making like documentaries isn't an easy task, right? Oh, like, yeah. I yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like even like despite everything that we've said, I think this is quite an achievement. Um, and like hopefully like it's gonna be just the first one of a series of many. Like, why not learn from that and do another one later? Who knows, right? Like there is a, a trilogy for the Helvetica. Documentary, so maybe a trilogy for this. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think like more companies should should be bold and like trying to experiment with stuff like this. Like this was a cool thing to do. Like I I love being there at the premiere yeah. and stuff like that.
0: Maybe I came out just like too negative, but yes, I like that this exists. I think the execution had some flaws. Um, having a documentary about design, that's awesome. I want more of these. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like one of my favorite documentaries is called, well, actually the Alvetica ones are pretty good, but uh, it's a very niche, very small, like anyone, I doubt anyone has watched it, but it's called A Film About Coffee and it's on Vimeo. It's the only movie I bought uh. on Vimeo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never uh, seen that.
0: And it's just, it's a movie about coffee. I mean, that's the name of it. And it has like gorgeous um, like photography in it. And, and there is that story. Like, again, uh, this is a documentary for coffee lovers. That's mm-hmm. why, like, that's their market. Um, but it was like perfectly executed. It was awesome. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh,
1: Before we move on, do you want to tell us about uh, something cool?
0: Our sponsor today is MobX, which is uh, the Mobile UX Summit. It's going to take place in Berlin, Germany. Now, this is not a developer conference. It's a conference for interaction designers and product people. And it's a very affordable one-day single-track conference with the fantastic speakers and also uh, me. I'm going to be there. I'm speaking there. Disclaimer. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give a talk. Um, and I could spoil it already, the talk. I don't remember the title that I gave the MobX people, <laughs> but it's something like, how being a developer makes me a better designer, or how coding makes me a better designer. So not controversial at all. Uh, So that's what I'm going (laughs) to give a talk about. And I'm pretty excited I'm going to be there. I've never been to Berlin. That is a fantastic city. Uh, Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Once again, Berlin, Germany. It's going to take place on September 9th. And if you'd like to join me there, um, just go to mobxcon.com. Dot com, and if you enter the promo code layout, you're going to get a 60 euro discount. By the way, 60 euros, that's a lot of euros. <laughs> uh, what is that? That's uh, that's almost $70. So pretty big discount. Again, mobxcon.com uh, and use the promo code layout. We're going to put a link in the show notes so you can just click there because that's a mouthful, mobxcon.com. So our thanks to Mobex for sponsoring Layout. They're awesome. Sweet. Okay, so um, we talked on... Which episode was that? Um, I never know which episodes. (laughs) On episode 21. (laughs) Yeah, I never... I have to check. So on episode 21, uh, we talked about uh, Google I.O. when Google I.O. happened. And we talked about uh, the two apps that Google was going to release... Um for iOS and Android. One of them is called Duo and the other one is called Halo. I yeah. never know how to pronounce that. Hello, Hello? Hello? Something like that. And yesterday, I think, uh they finally released the duo one, which is the, the FaceTime one. And I <laughs> I don't know if we want like if we have anything to say on this. So we just tried it before hitting record. We did try it. And <laughs> This is this going to take like three minutes, this topic? Probably. Probably. Well, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think of this? Now that we, we actually tried it.
1: Well, I mean, I'm probably not going to use it. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I think execution-wise, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. Uh, it's certain, clearly built for uh, having just a couple people that you talk to regularly, which I think is a good assumption to make. Um, so if I look at like people I FaceTime, usually it's like not more than like three or four. Um, so mm-hmm. when you launch the app, it's you're straight into the camera feed, uh, and you see the, your recent people that you called, uh, and it's like super simple. There's nothing else. There's one video call button, and there's one button for the person. So in that case, I have one button with your face. I tap your face. And boom, I start the video call. Like it, it's super, like no brainer. Um, like there's there's nothing to learn about it really. Like it's it's just so simple, and it seemed to work really well. Like if we're comparing uh, that video feed to the Hangouts, there's actually less lag, and it's we basically receive the answer faster here uh, in the mm-hmm. in this app. Um, so I think it's it's pretty cool for that. Um, I mean, one thing that would be neat in the future is if they add uh, multi-user, uh, so that like you're able to do group conference? conference calls from your phone. Uh, mm. That'd be really neat. Uh, they might have some problems with the name; that <laughs> they wouldn't be Duo anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's like pretty well executed. Um, so, I, but I'm assuming like the majority of users is either Android users or people who have. Like, friends who use Android. <laughs> but, like, if if you're on iOS, like, you're probably just going to use FaceTime.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like it goes a lot against Hangouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like it's, I said, like, for group calls, I think Hangouts is the place to go.
1: It is weird, like, how Google has so many different products that do effectively the same thing, but <laughs> instead of, like, modifying existing products, they just ship a new one.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: I mean, that's one strategy, but... <laughs>
0: yeah my opinion on this is like the back end the the, the video part of it like the performance is pretty yeah. good that's like google at at its best like they do have the engineering tried like one or two calls but it it, it performed perfectly like flawlessly so that's pretty good but when am i going to use this like uh i work like my team i work remotely i have a lot of hangout calls i'm not going to switch to duo because it's only on your phone and it doesn't support group calls so i'm keep I'm going to keep using hangouts and then like this is a really I feel like this is good if it's built in into android and it's like FaceTime for android and that's what's going to be this is like FaceTime for android and it's good that I like I'm going to keep it on my phone just if I have a friend that is on android i can't think of one right now but <laughs> if someone I mean you probably wouldn't want to friends with
1: them anyways so <laughs>
0: if if you <they laughs> want joking. to
1: I love you if you use Android (laughs)
0: Uh, air quotes, if they want to FaceTime me, uh, I have this app. It's like, I can, but I'm, I don't see myself like actively using this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Me either. And and I mean, it's not like I'm using FaceTime all the time either. Okay. I I think there's a very specific use, but like I, I don't even remember the last time I used FaceTime. So I'm maybe not the core market for this. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do have an ad. I don't know if you see, if you watched it. No, have I you haven't seen, seen it, it. this ad.
1: No, it's I've seen the Google a photos. One.
0: ad. Yeah, that was a good ad.
1: Yeah. do Do you have a link for me or? Well,
0: I can't. Well, there's no need really. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only feature that they show is a knock knock feature, which which if you're not aware of it is the when someone is calling you and if they're on your contact list, something that we just learned because it wasn't working. Which is Somebody like
1: not it. that great of a feature. <laughs> Right, like it's it's almost like an implementation detail. Like, oh yeah, you get to see the person. Yeah, well, to me, it's really not a big deal. It's almost it's it's Google's version of flyover in Maps of like, look at this cool thing, and users are like, "Huh? Okay." <laughs> like, I don't really care.
0: But that's like the only thing that they that they had to show on that app. Yeah. So it's hey someone is calling me and they're holding you a birthday cake hey someone is calling me and they're showing me their new wedding ring hey someone is calling me and they have their newborn son in their arms hey someone is calling me, like that yeah and it's like those are great use cases but that doesn't happen like daily that's i mean
1: <laughs> i f- i feel like they should just yeah. pull an instagram and own it <laughs> like say like you know what people want to call each other on phones like the iPhone users have been using FaceTime. Now we have the same thing for Android.
0: Done. Yeah. And I mean, it's good that it's on yeah, iOS. Yeah, exactly. Again, it works. It's like FaceTime for my Android friends. Basically, yeah. Uh, but it's it is like a second class citizen, like second class app on uh, on iOS because they can't do almost nothing. Like if you call me and the app is not active, like it's not open, I will get like a simple notification mm. banner. I mean could uh, they take o- uh, take
1: advantage in iOS ten of um Apple's like new APIs for phone calls? Oh, you know how they showed like the sla- yeah. this show slack example of like you receiving a phone call or and it takes over to full screen. Okay. You and like the hilarious thing about that is you wouldn't see knock knock <laughs> use a stock Apple UI. Um, but I don't know. I wonder if they could use that. Maybe not.
0: That's a good point. I don't. know. Well, why not? They're a VoIP. Yeah, app, I guess. So. I, don't
1: know. I don't know if it works with video though. It might. It might just be audio. Yeah.
0: Only if Apple gives them the stink eye. I was like, nah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> hey, do you do you think this is what people tune in for? <laughs> Us talking about <laughs> stuff we don't know. <laughs> so today we're going to yeah, talk about another topic <laughs> I know nothing about.
0: Uh, <laughs> Let's give me hey, all right. Uh, we have one last thing to talk about. Yes. Right? So you put this in the show notes. So you you explain it. What is this?
1: Alright, um, so this is an article that I read a little while ago now. Um, but, and I wanted to talk about it on the show, but it got bumped for other reasons. Uh, but now we get to talk about it. Um, so the title of the article is The Heart of the Builder. And basically the, the gist of it, and it's a really smart article. I like loved reading it. Like I, th- I I, think we should have more smart thinking like that. And it it wasn't like your average Medium post, which is like, hey, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> it was more like an interesting reflection. Um, and,
0: and it's a very short one.
1: It's so. very short. Um, so basically what it talks about is um, this idea that user-driven design might not always lead to the best results um, and that, that basically having a vision when you're designing something is incredibly important. Uh, having a vi- like basically, your role as a designer is to have a vision and to try to bridge the gap between what your vision is of the world in the future and what the world is right now. That if you don't have kind of that, that vision to uh, drive your your decisions then you're kind of like d- designing like me too products that aren't adding anything new to the world um, so I thought this was an interesting article um, for a couple of reasons like we keep talking about how user research is important and um, how like we want to um, get some feedback a lot and try to learn from that and um, this is like one article that like kind of goes against that like common wisdom in the industry. So I was wondering like, what are your thoughts about this? Like, does that, did that resonate with you or did you feel like it wasn't oh, yeah. like painting an accurate picture or like, I'm, I'm curious about that.
0: Oh no, I, I love this. Uh, one quick passage I'm quoting here from the article. I think it sums up pretty well. Like the, the problem, the question that is, uh, that it's making it's the danger. And I'm quoting the danger in user centered design is that it releases the designer of the responsibility for having a vision for the world. Why have one when we can just ask users what they want, but this is a very limiting uh, mindset. The user sees the world as it is. So our job as builders is to create the world as it could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is awesome. This is like, <sighs> it's something that I struggle sometimes. Uh, like, it's always present but you know every once in a while it pops in my head and I I really struggle with this the the thing of you know the 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 very famous quote from uh, Henry Ford like if I ask my users what they want they would say a faster horse yeah um, right it's like that the thing like we it's our job to see past and that's why we ask questions as to why like try to get really into the the root of the problem and what we're we trying to solve Um and that's why I, for example, I hate when when I do A-B testing. And I think this is like, I don't know. Like a lot of times A-B testing is I propose something. I think this is the right uh, solution. Someone says, you know what? I think we should do this. And someone has a right idea. Say, hey, let's A-B test it. And I'm <laughs> like, I can't win. Okay, so <laughs> should I just, like, my job as a designer is not to think of the right questions just to test a bunch of them which i think it has value has its merits but i feel that a lot of times it's just a cop-out because you're not sure Mm. so you just a b test it and whatever so but
1: that that's actually like incredibly time consuming right (laughs) like you can test 20 different options to figure out which one is best which is going to take you weeks or you can have a designer that has a really like Good instinct, instinct, and is gonna get to the right answer on the first try. Like, <laughs> it, like you mm-hmm. can see it th- that way too. That like designers are actually saving you time there um, by like instinctively knowing what's gonna be the right answer. Um, but that's that doesn't apply to everything, right? Like, there's more complex problems that do require a bit more research and a bit more thinking, and that's where like, um, like data, data can tell you like if a number goes up or down, but it doesn't tell you if it's the right decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also like one thing that you, you said about like that forward quote, right? Like I, I agree with, with your thing. And like when I was, I was thinking about it, like I also thought of, of that quote, um, that like if if you just ask people what they want, they give you like a uh, like on like not a good answer. Like they they would say I want faster horses. Um but I I almost feel like the gist behind like that quote is that is not that um you shouldn't talk to users and you shouldn't like have an idea of people want is that when you're asking those questions, you shouldn't look for answers. You should look for what is their problem. And I think that's what he understood when when talking to customers, is that they, they might have said that they wanted faster horses, but what they actually meant is that they wanted a better, faster way of transportation. And that's what he built. And I think as designers, we can do the same. Like you can have, like bring your own vision to the table um, but it's also good to kind of have a gut check and see if, if if it solves the right problems and if, like, people, like, would have a use for, for that, that solution, that vision. Because we've seen, I mean, we've seen tons and tons of products come to the market. There are, like, really cool technology products that, like, you're excited about. And, like, for example, Google Glasses, or Google Glass, sorry, uh, no S. Um, like, awesome technology, and it's... I mean, it's probably going to be the future. Like augmented reality is a big thing, and it's going to become real sooner or later. But it didn't meet meet any customer needs, right? So, right, probably, right vision, probably like like it, an interesting technology, but it didn't fit with what users needed. And I think that's that's the danger there by not bringing in users and sort of getting their perspective. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like overall, I feel kind of conflicted about it. Like I, I, I love that there is this article yeah. that sort of brings up this, that point. Cause I think it's, it's very valid. Um, and it's, but at the same, at the same time, I'm like, maybe you don't have to choose one or the other. Like maybe you can have a vision and also do user centered design.
0: But I feel like most of like the big world changing inventions and products like it's hinted uh, in this article most of them came from like a vision that had nothing to do with users or whatever the market needed or whatever it's like this pure vision from someone or from a team or from something Mm -hmm. and they pursue it whether your users like they didn't ask users like to pitch in basically and try to gather data and try to morph and adapt the, the product to the users like they have this vision they're going to discard everything they're going to build this because they believe in it and then show it to users um the iphone and and facebook here <laughs> in the article
1: i was like i i could have betted like a thousand dollars to even say the iphone of
0: course i mean it's the one of the last <laughs> products that changed the world in a way that in my lifetime right but even facebook yeah. like um it in this article as well um like Mark Zuckerberg, in two thousand and four, very few people saw Facebook as what it is now, right? This yeah, this huge product that, and this huge network and this. Actually, it's not just one product; it's a combination of shit ton of products. But like, if you ask users what they wanted for Facebook, well, first because Facebook started in in colleges, right? Uh, universities, yeah. I would bet if they asked users do you want uh high school uh, students and and your your mom and dad to be on this like do you, do you want us to open up Facebook to everyone they would say God damn no this is not what it is but that was not Mark Zuckerberg's vision like he saw what this could be and just went for it so i don't know he it has it's not for everyone that's definitely any you know you need to be brave and, and <laughs> And to be, be a genius. <laughs> to have be this brave. Vision.
1: Moving on. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. that. I mean, I'm not sure I fully agree with your analogy, but um, I think there's also like another interesting angle, which is like doing things that don't make sense. Um, like, <laughs> so a lot of things that like we consider a great design today are things that, don't make sense <laughs> like if you look on a spreadsheet like does it make sense to spend time like reworking like the um like oh one one example i think like is that is like super intense and like crazy um is the do you remember how the old macbook had like a a blinking led light mm-hmm. um outside and it would like match your breathing the breathing mm-hmm. level uh, it's like a, i mean it's a blinking light right like m- most laptop companies they, they just put a light that blinks <laughs> like who cares but what they did instead is like spend m- like maybe weeks like, looking at okay what's the frequency that people breathe and like how can we make this feel natural and stuff like that like that Honestly, like if you look on like a spreadsheet or like in, if you're trying to think about it rationally, it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense that you're going to spend that time working on that, but that's where like great design happens. Sometimes it's like your users are never going to notice this and they're never going to care, but we care and we're going to do it and i i think that's where like what if you're lucky enough to have a ceo that can be like um like part part of the projects and like really involved into those like nitty gritty details your ceo can say like i don't care like we need to like spend time on this and like it i think that's like, it kind of gives designers, like, the permission to do these things. And I think as more and more designers go into leadership roles, uh, it doesn't need to become the CEO. It can just be uh, a team lead that says, yeah, you know what? Like, this isn't something that's going to show up on a checklist or anything, but this is what we believe is right. And it's it goes back to, like, having the, the heart of a builder. It's just because of, like, we like that craftsmanship and this is what what we do like there's no other way for us like we're going to spend time on all these things. So I yeah. agree
0: with everything you said. I just don't I don't see where it ties in with
1: Well, but I, I it's it's like having a vision, right? And saying like okay, m- my vision is for a computer to feel human and not feel like this robotic thing. Oh, okay, um I see. and like, it, it didn't come from a user need, really. Like, user, yeah. users didn't need that, like, specific, uh, like, bl- a blinking light to feel natural and to have, like, a rhythm. They didn't need that. Like, they would, like if you had asked them, like, they wouldn't say, they would never say that. Um, but it's doing those things that, because it's what you believe in and because you believe that's the right decision.
0: And I think if you ask any, any users, uh, hey, would you like a USB port on your laptop? they say, yes. And yeah, then Apple <laughs> exactly. says, well, you know what? No. So that's, I mean, would Apple... Would you like a
1: headphone uh, jack? <laughs> on your phone? Yes, no.
0: <laughs> Apple is a very good example for this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for this yeah they're doing that a lot. Like it's not user-centric design. is their vision. Like Apple has a vision where laptops should go should be what it should look like and they're going to go against user feedback sometimes a lot of times in order to pursue their vision because they do believe that their vision is right despite what whatever users say um
1: yeah and i mean there there's a big danger danger to that right like you're there's there's a huge upside definitely but what if your your vision is wrong
0: hence you need to be <laughs> brave and you have the guts to pursue that yeah. yes i would say most of the time people pursue their vision uh it's not a right it's not a right vision you're going to fail and that happens yeah to most of them like so that's why you know it's not it's not easy it's way easier to just do whatever users ask you to that's like that's super easy because they're yep. they're making the job for you. you, just have to act on it. So yeah. Anyway, please read the article. It's very short. Uh, it took, like what seven minutes, five minutes to read this, and it's awesome. Like it makes you think. Again, we just had <laughs> this whole discussion because of this. So uh, links in the show notes, yeah. guys. You should you should. It's it's
1: definitely one of my favorite articles that I've read in like the last few weeks.
0: Yeah. No, me too. Highly rec- recommended. Pretty good, even though their website sucks and they have uh, <laughs> images for text and they're not retina, so yeah. Uh, I actually That's had to immediately use the Safari's uh, what is it called the reading mode or whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. So I have a recommendation. So uh, people who follow me on Twitter. Um, know that I've been looking for, for bags. And I eventually bought one. I bought the original one I was looking at. Um, it's the Côte et Ciel uh, Isar backpack. Um it's in the show notes. So it's, it's, it's French. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. put it in the show notes. Uh, so I initially found out about this bag uh, from the Minimally Minimal article, which we'll also put in the show notes. Uh, and I it's love that awesome.
0: Blog.
1: Yeah, oh man, I love that yeah. website. That's that's basically what sold me on it. Um, but basically, it's a very opinionated bag, um, and that's what I love about it. It's not going to be for everyone, uh, and there are flaws about it. But they're also it's it like when talking about like the division discussion that we just had. Like I think it's a great example of that. It's like there are very they're making like important trade-offs. But the result is a great bag that has a ton of personality uh, and basically their whole uh, their whole motto is basically that the bag should sort of be true to itself and the things that are inside of it. So the bag's sort of going to change shape depending on how much stuff you put into it. Oh. Um, and this is, this is very like simple minimal design. Um and yeah, it's pretty great. Highly recommend it. Uh I love it. Uh and yeah. How much is it? Uh you can look it up on the website. Okay. It's like no, it's just... not it's not that cheap. It's uh 250 US. Um but yeah, I mean for me it was worth it because I use my bag every day. I mm. carried it around all the time, so I I didn't mind spending a bit more on that.
0: That's fair. Oh, I see it on a... I just realized because RSS is not a thing anymore, I stopped checking minimally minimal. (laughs) Now I have like a shit ton of posts to go through. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I think he's on a break right now. Um, But...
0: Yeah. I just use a, like a, I think it's like a $10 backpack through Amazon and it's awesome. I love that. It's completely broken. Like all of the straps and thing are, b- are broken. But anyway, um, you know what? I didn't prepare. I don't. Uh, I didn't have a recommendation prepared. So I'm just gonna go on a whim here, and I'm gonna say that my recommendation for today is the release radar playlist on Spotify. Uh, if you don't know mm. what that is, or if you don't use Spotify, you probably know about Discovery Weekly. This awesome magic, magical playlist on spotify based on your tastes so now they have like a similar thing it's called release radar uh it's a it's a playlist updated every week in where they give you like new releases from artists that you follow and you like just new music and some new music that they think you might like and so far just like this uh, discovery weekly spot on pretty good That's it.
1: Yeah, so I I guess is Discover Weekly not just new music? Like, what's the difference between the two?
0: Yeah, Discover Weekly is like in general music that usually, like most of the times, it's songs that you never listen to. Like, it's. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Just like for you to discover new music. And this is more like from the artists that you Mm -hmm. like and some new songs that from artists that you probably don't know about.
1: Right, okay, yeah. Cool.
0: Okay, so that's it for the show today. Um, once again, thanks so much to MobX to, for sponsoring Layout. Uh, once again, go to mobxcon.com and use the promo code Layout for a 60-euro discount. It's in Euros because th- it's in Germany, so deal with that. And uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, give us some feedback, give us ask us some questions or suggest new topics that we can talk about on the show, just go to that new Spec network Slack team. Is that like... I always mix it up like Slack teams and Slack channels
1: so yeah we're gonna put a link in the show notes Yeah, Uh, you can go to spec.fm and sign up for the the Slack team right there if you're not already on it
0: yeah and by the way not just for our show over there that Slack team is awesome it's one of my favorite uh, you know non-work related Slack teams (laughs) yeah (laughs) that I'm always on Um, so check that out and you can find it's
1: really good check out the other shows too they're yeah, all check really really awesome I'm a huge fan and this is why we decided to join the network because we we just love the shows that they make so check them out
0: yeah well that could be our recommendation for t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. spec shows check them out um, I'm sure you're gonna love it um, so again you can find us at spec.fm or at our og website we are layout.fm you can find all the all the episodes oh, yes. all the show notes everything we talk about over there uh you can also find us on twitter we are at layout fm on twitter um it's also a good way for for you guys to reach out to us and um yeah that was it i'll talk to you next week dude Night. Bye. bye